that time, the sports talker. Here's TJ Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you. Here, 1450, the sports buzz. A lot to talk about, although it's a slow sports week. So, for the fans that and the listeners that don't necessarily like when we stray away from sports, uh, I don't know if today's show will be necessarily the show for you, although there is plenty of sports to talk about, and that's where we're going to start. Uh, UK coming off a big win against UNC. We talked a lot about the X's and O's of that game, and uh, more so we're going to talk about today what that, what that, how UK can use that game going forward, and uh, again, some Alex Poitras talk. We're going to talk a little bit about UK football. Offensive coordinator search is uh, still a, a work in progress. I haven't heard anything new officially, but there are some whispers and uh, again I, I said this last week I think UK is going about this all wrong taking their time but if we get if they get the guy that they want uh, then no harm no foul we may talk a little bit about Louisville basketball today they're off for the week as well just like Kentucky we'll take on Western Kentucky in Bowling Green on Saturday and uh, Louisville plays Georgia in the bowl game we may discuss a little bit about that uh, and we'll also just again talk some some nonsense here and there. Uh, Yates, how are you? Doing well, TJ. How are you? Doing great. I'm assuming that you probably didn't start uh, cereal last night, did you? Uh, no, I did not start that last night. I mean, well, what's it going to take, man? What do I got to do to get you to do watch listen to an episode? Um, I mean, I don't know. It's going to have take some some time for me to decide to carve out to listen to it. It's not that I, I don't. It's not that I don't want to. It's I mean, it sounds interesting. I know the premise. I, you know, I, I'll just have to decide to to take the time to do it. I don't. I don't know that there's going to be anything that you can say that can convince me to just drop everything and start listening to it. Why don't you here listen? Listen to this, and I'll give you. I'll give you ten bucks during Trevor's show. Just put in your headphones and work the board, and and that's all you worry about. Or let Trevor work the board. I'll give you ten bucks. You just listen to Serial. And I think the first episode's only like 40 minutes long or something. And then you hop back in with Trevor when you're done. That oh. gives you a break from Trevor. You're doing me a favor, and you're making a, a cool $10. I mean, I, I could always use a break from Trevor. You must really love it if you're willing to pay me $10 to listen to it. I would just – well, I do love it, uh, and I'm sad that it's over. But that's the problem about binge-watching a show is when it's over, you're used to having it anytime you want it, and then it's all all done and over with. But no, I'd, I'd, I'd like to be able to talk with you about it. I value your opinion on most things, uh, and I, I think I'd be doing you a favor. I think you would enjoy it, and maybe maybe the missus would enjoy it as well. I don't know if she's into you I know th- crime, detective, thrillers, but – She may could. actually be listening to it already. I'm not 100% sure, but I, she may already be listening to it. Well, good. Good for her. Then maybe we get her on and we can talk to her about it. I'm sure, hey, I'm if, sure she would love to talk about it if she's listening to it. If I think Yates, and if you all think Yates is mysterious, his wife is, we don't know anything about. Uh, I don't even know if Trevor, I, I don't, does Trevor know anything? Yeah, Trevor knows a little bit. He's actually met her once. Oh, okay. Well, uh, well, maybe that will be, uh, you know, it, it takes probably a, she must be a, a special lady if you, if you were 
willing to to marry her yates so. she is very special good good uh all right well think about that for the later show and i did listen to some of trevor's show yesterday i, I had to pick up my sister from the airport uh listen to a little bit of it and <laughs> if people think that we get off topic talking about game of thrones and other nerdy topics uh, i heard you all discuss the top 10 grudge bands of the 90s an alternative i suppose uh, for a good, uh, a solid segment. Uh, so that, I, and not that I care, not that I care one bit, uh, but it, it made me feel better knowing that, hey, at least I'm not the only show on 1450 The Sports Buzz that may get a little off topic here and there. Oh, not uh, at all. We, we we go off topic on that show a lot. Good, good. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Uh, Trevor <laughs> texting into the show saying there's a long list of great movies uh, that Yates needs to watch. So the so the podcast needs to get in line with that request. And no, Trevor, we that, the podcast jumps that request. Yates can take a break from your movies. Uh, one because we question your judgment, correct, Yates? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, we are going to do a, a special little segment today because it is a slower sports day. I am going to make a, my top five Christmas movies. We'll do that in the second segment. So I'm uh, I'm wondering what people will. Uh, agree or disagree with that? I'm sure it'll probably be mostly uh, disagree, but that's okay. Anyways, <clears throat> so uh, with some Kentucky news, there's some uh, uh, minor breaking news on Twitter that uh, the UK closing date for the the offensive co- for the offensive coordinator has been. Uh, pushed back to December 17th. So there's that. Uh, that's the third time now that they've pushed that back. And it makes you uh, it makes you wonder what UK is waiting for. If there's something, if there is there somebody that they're that they want to get, but they can't get in contact with, or is there somebody that they want to get that's going to wait till after the bowl games? It, it really, it, it is interesting because you think if they, and we've heard the list of candidates, and, and the same names have been thrown around for a while. What we don't know for sure is if Mark Stoops has met with some of these guys. There's some whispers and some rumblings that he has, but it makes you wonder. If he has, how did those conversations go? Did Mark Stoops get an, a, a silent agreement, but the person said that they wanted to wait for a certain date? You wonder what the what the hiccup is with at least announcing it. Because you, you, in some cases, you do have, uh, let's say that UK did go after Lincoln Riley from East Carolina let's say that's who they, they wanted and that's who Mark Stoops met with. And let's say he agreed to it. Now, in some cases you would get a uh, Riley saying, well, I'm going to, I'm going to coach my bowl game and then, and then I'll, I'll come over hundred percent. So in some situations you will have a, a scenario where the coach is going to finish out his time at the school and then he'll move on over uh, with head coaches. Usually you don't see that. Usually head coaches will not coach the bowl game before they make the switch. But sometimes you'll have coordinators do that. <clears throat> and uh, you'll have uh, Eastern Car- East Carolina isn't going to play 
until January 3rd where they play Florida in the Birmingham Bowl. So that would be a long time before he would fully be taking over for Kentucky if that was his plan to coach in the bowl game and then you know, be the head guy at, at UK. Uh, his season ended December 4th, and if he's not waiting for his bowl game and he's maybe waiting for the time to be right, you wonder why wouldn't he do it shortly after, after his last game or whenever UK approached him, which you'd have to imagine that Mark Stoops isn't just taking a, a three-week three week vacation or just focusing strictly on recruiting and hasn't worried at all about the offensive coordinator. You, you got to wonder if he's just what, – what's the holdup there if Lincoln Riley is the guy? And that's what most people are saying. Riley's a young guy, uh, an offensive coordinator that seemingly wants to be the head coach somewhere. So if he were to go to Kentucky and, and be successful, he wouldn't be around for, for very long. But he did good things with East, East Carolina. 13th in the nation for points, second in the nation in passing yards. Those are impressive stats. But you have to wonder if that would be the best hire for Kentucky because he'd basically be using UK as a stepping stone, which is okay. That's okay if it's coordinators doing that. And if you could have two or three years of a better offense and he moves on to bigger and better things, then you have to think that you'd be able to get another offensive coordinator to come in and, and UK's football program as a whole would be better. So I'm not saying you shy away from him because he's young and has head coaching aspirations. But it is interesting, that that scenario where you think, okay, either he's going to wait, he wants to wait, he wants to finish out his season with his team, and then you still have another three weeks until that would be official. Or you have the scenario where he doesn't really mind. He's ready to accept and announce that he's going to take the job. But then you wonder why, he, why he's waiting so long. And I think the obvious answer is he, he's, he's looking for head coaching jobs right now solid head coaching jobs that would hire him right now. And it doesn't seem from at, at least the, you know, obviously the big boy head, head coaching jobs aren't going to hire him, but some of those middle tier coaching jobs right now aren't looking at him. So uh, another, another name that you're hearing more and more about is Steve Spurrier Jr., and that's obviously the, the son of Steve Spurrier. There's reports that Stoops has talked to him. They've had conversations about the head coaching job. Right now, he is the co-offensive coordinator, the wide receiving coach, and the recruiting coordinator for his dad. It's his 10th year. Yates, how crazy would that be if you had Steve Spurrier Jr. as UK's offensive coordinator with all the, the bad blood between Kentucky and Spurrier? That would be awesome. And you did hear that uh, I heard on Trevor's show you all debating if UK fans, I, I forget the exact conversation, it, it was if they hated Spurrier or somebody else, or Petrino more. And I, and I think the obvious answer there, as of right now at least, is Spurrier. But to have his son on the team, 
I think that would make UK fans a little more bubbly to the Spurrier family, assuming that his son did well. I think that, you know, Lincoln Riley is the better offensive, is the better offensive coordinator. He, as of right now, he's the more uh, experienced and the better would be the better hire. But you'd kind of be taking a stab at Steve Spurrier Jr. And, you know, he's a he's a young guy as well, all things considered. He's a young guy as well that obviously would like to move up in the coaching rankings and eventually get the head coaching job because everybody does at some point down the road. But you have to think Steve Spurrier is only going to be at South Carolina for a year, three tops. And you and this is a big hypothetical, but stay with me here. When when Steve Spurrier leaves South Carolina, if his son is the offensive coordinator at Kentucky, well, you know his dad's going to have a little bit of an input here and there. Now, I'm not saying Steve Spurrier is going to go recruit for his son or recruit for Kentucky or you know break down X's and O's, but he'd you know he'd be in his son's ear about what he li- what what he sees that he likes, what he doesn't like. So I, I think that's kind of a maybe a little sexy part of, of Steve Spurrier Jr., kind of the wild card in this whole thing, who doesn't have a lot of a lot of experience, but he is young. He does have a very very famous dad that won't hurt on the recruiting trail, and you might get a little father son connection, a little help from dad when dad retires to South Carolina. Which again, that's not going to be much longer. So I think that would be a great uh, – I really think that would be a great hire. And I'm not ready to say that if you're a Kentucky fan, you should hope for Steve Spurrier Jr. over Lincoln Riley because, again, what Lincoln Riley did at East Carolina was great. Steve Spurrier Jr. is uh, inexperienced, hasn't had that kind of role. And you have to remember, this is what the U.K. offensive coordinator job – this is what comes with – the title is you have complete and total control of, over the offense as long as Mark Stoops is the head coach because this is basically what Mark Stoops did with Neil Brown was, hey, I'm going to focus on the defense. I'm basically going to be our defensive coordinator and head coach. I'm trusting you with the keys to our offense. Don't mess up. I'm going to oversee things. You still need to talk to me about what you're doing, but I'm trusting you to run the show. Now, is a guy, is a young guy who right now is the co-offensive coordinator and the wide receivers coach at South Carolina, is he ready for that responsibility where he is running the entire show of an offense at an SEC school like Kentucky? It would be a little risky without a doubt. But, you know, it's also – it's it's not like he's completely – he has no experience whatsoever. You know, he's his Spurrier's son. And they know how to use wide receivers there, and they also know how to it, – it's a little more balanced with what they do at, at South Carolina. It's not an air raid offense by any means. But I'd say at least over the past five years consistently – South Carolina's had the best offense in the East and debatably has had some of the best players mixing and matching some of the best weapons without having the best quarterbacks. 
So I, that's kind of my underdog, Howard. Clay B116 texts in the show and says, if they don't have the guy yet or felt like they had him, which why move the day back only one day? Seems to me it indicates that the guy, uh, they're working out final details. And that's a good point. They've pushed this thing back now three times, though. And if they push it back a day, it is interesting. It makes you wonder if – and I, I may be wrong about this, but I don't think they have to make an announcement when that deadline in, runs out. Now, I think with Kentucky being a, a public university, you have to put these job titles on – these job openings online so that you know the average Joe that I could apply for it. And you have to have, a, I think, a two-week window. And I could be wrong about some of this. But you have to have a two-week window where everybody has an equal opportunity to apply for it. Now, you have to have a certain amount of time. So it's not like Neil Brown could have left on you know, a Tuesday and UK made the new hire on a Wednesday. You have to let that process fill out. And, and then Kentucky can continue to push it back. Now, I don't know what the thought process is in pushing it back. I don't know if you have to. If you're not ready to make a hire after the deadline is completely up, I don't think that's the case. But then again, why is Kentucky continuing to push this back? I don't know. It is interesting. That's a, that's a good point that you uh, that you, you make, Clay B116. Trevor says maybe if the old ball coach junior, and I wonder if that would be his nickname, doesn't pan out, you could hire Paul Petrino from Idaho. Believe it or not, that's uh, that's been talked about a little bit. I don't know if he would leave the head coaching spot. I don't know if you'd leave the head coaching job at Idaho for an offensive coordinator spot. Now, what do you think, Yates? Um, I mean, I don't think so. That seems to me like too much of a step back, even if you are going from Idaho to UK. Yeah, it, you know, in, in UK, no offense to, to Kentucky fans, it's not, UK is not Alabama. You're not the offense coordinator at Alabama. It, it's, but then again, he, he is coming off a year <laughs> where things did not go as planned, I would say. They were 1 and 10. So, yeah, I guess maybe if he felt that it was getting hot there. Maybe he'd leave, but I don't think Kentucky would really even consider him. All things, all, all things considered, but man, that would be interesting if that were in a hypothetical situation. If that were to happen, but but while Lincoln Riley is still the name that you're hearing a lot about, and, and still seems maybe to be the favorite, and again, that'd be a great hire. Watch out for Steve Spurrier Jr. Now we're gonna head to the commercial break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little UK basketball. And we're going to do the top five Christmas movies uh, because it's a, it's a slower Tuesday. So stick around here in 1450 The Sports Buzz. We will be right back. Listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We're back here. 
second segment, 1450 The Sports Buzz, on a kind of kind of wet, cold, chilly Tuesday, just uh, not too far away from Christmas, just nine days. And uh, I, I don't know, you know, we have all this week, and then I don't know what the schedule will be Christmas week yet. But I, I thought on a on a slower Tuesday, and, and tomorrow, obviously, we've got Ask Gates Wednesday. Uh, so I thought this would be a good time to to discuss the top my top five Christmas movies. And here's what I'm not including is some of the cartoon Christmas movies, which I really enjoy. Some people do, some people don't. Um, you know, Rudolph obviously is a classic when it comes to the. I guess really, you know, I don't know if you'd consider that a cartoon kind of claymation, but, uh, you know, Frosty the Snowman, the original, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I'm not consi- I'm not counting those, although those are great, and I, I have no problems with those. But I'm going to give my top five. I'm sure some people probably will, will strongly disagree with these. Uh, go ahead and send me your top five or – you know, your top three. All right, coming in at number five. Yates, if you have time to kind of think this over, I'd like to get your top five as well. But already if you, got it. If you already, all right, then you go first then. Oh, okay. Uh, well, if we're going to count down, I will go with uh, number five. And this is not really a good movie, and I would imagine people might make fun of me for liking this movie, but for some reason I just do. I'm going to okay. go with the Christmas classic Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, I love Jingle All the Way. That barely missed out on my my list. Uh, I have no problem with that. Um, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. It, the, one of my favorite parts of that movie, and there's there's really several. It's a pretty funny movie. Uh, one is when he envisions his son drinking at that coffee shop or the bar or whatever and, as a mailman. And then two... When he tells his dad, when he tells Arnold Schwarzenegger that his mom is next door petting Ted, uh, which is also the name of the reindeer there, both just two classic movie lines, not even classic Christmas. Well, they aren't lines, but scenes, uh, not just classic Christmas movie scenes, but classic movie scenes altogether. All right, go on. I- I'm-, I'm happy with that. that. That may be Sinbad's best work, by the way. Oh, I saw Sinbad do stand-up. Have I ever talked about that? <laughs> I don't think so. I saw him do stand-up in Lexington. One of my friends had an extra ticket and asked if I wanted to go. Uh, so we went, and he's clean comedy, so he doesn't cuss, uh, which is different. I, I don't know. All the all the comedians that I like cuss a lot. Uh, he does not. Uh, it was actually pretty good for clean comedy. I, I don't know. I don't know how you would be able to do it without also making kind of you know dirtier jokes, but uh, really enjoyable. Uh, and also he. Uh, took pictures after with everybody. I know some comedians do that, but he was actually kind of talkative and wasn't in a rush to get anywhere. Uh, it was it was actually an enjoyable experience. I, I had a good time doing it, and I, I say that I would probably see him again. But go on. You there, Yates? Uh, can you hear me now? I got you now. All right. The, the, old, the old mic cut out on me. Uh, number four, I'm going to cheat a little. And put two movies in here. I'm going to lump them together and say Home Alone 1 and 2. Okay. 
that, that is cheating a little bit. I think Home Alone 1 is significantly better than Home Alone 2. I know some people disagree, uh, but, uh, but I am, I'm passionate about Home Alone being much better than Home Alone 2. But that's okay. We'll allow it in the spirit of Christmas. Thanks. Uh, number three, I'm going to go with uh, Christmas Vacation. Okay. All righty. Uh, right. it, it, you can any any reason why at number three? Uh, it's it's a great movie, but for me personally, my one and two are 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 they top it. So okay. number two, I'm going to go with Elf. All righty. Uh, that, that's a a good a good Christmas movie without a doubt. And number one is A Christmas Story. Okay. All right. Uh, I I know my girlfriend. She uh, Christmas Story is number one for her. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, let me give let me give my list first. All right, number five for me. And, and first, let me get to this. Trevor texted into the show and says that uh, Sinbad's best work was on the Always Sunny episode with Rob Thomas. I I agree that that is a a, a great. A great Always Sunny. Have you do you, have you seen that one, Yates? I have not seen that particular episode. Okay, are you not a huge Always Sunny fan? Uh, not a huge fan, but I have seen a, a fair amount of episodes. The wife and I actually just watched uh, a Christmas episode. Uh, oh, the Christmas episode is pretty good. A couple of days ago, it was pretty hilarious. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Uh, okay, um, but that episode, I, I, I'm curious with Trevor and listeners that know which Always Sunny that I'm talking about with Sinbad in it, is is Sinbad actually in it, or is he just part of the? Is he part of? Is he just an imagination? Uh, I, is he Dennis's? Is he in just Dennis's head, or is he actually there? I'm curious to hear what people think curious to hear what trevor thinks uh, anyways all right so let me get to my christmas list and then i'm gonna explain where our differences are yates number five for me is elf uh, i i think it's good it's fun i, I think it kind of gets worse as it goes on uh, which is under you know it, it's kind of understandable will once you get used to will ferrell uh, as a giant elf it it loses some of his luster, but still, anytime it's on during December, anybody's going to watch it, and it's probably the most played Christmas movie throughout the year. You'll see that on in the summer at any time. Number four for me is, and I, I think some people are going to disagree with this, is The Grinch. Dr. Seuss, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Um. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I I like Jim Carrey in that. I think it's. I think there's some good laughs. It's kind of. It's got all your plots that you want in a Christmas movie, and obviously, it's uh, it's the Grinch. It's the Grinch brought to life, and I thought they do a good job with it. And uh, not you know not super again, just like the Elf. Not super crazy about the ending of of the Grinch. Although, you know, I, I didn't like that it was all on a snowflake. Maybe that's the beginning. No, who knows? All right, number three for me is the Santa Claus. And if you want to talk about bad sequels, after Sa the Santa Claus one, uh, that just goes way downhill. But the Santa Claus is – these next three movies for me, these three Christmas movies, it's really tough to pick 
a clear number one for me. I, I really enjoy the Santa Claus. It was probably the movie, I, the Christmas movie I watched the most growing up that I enjoyed. Number two for me, Home Alone, Home Alone 1, that is. <clears throat> I am, uh, obviously, uh, any. I think anybody that is my age growing up has to have the Home Alone in the top three. Uh, just a, a great movie that, I was going to say that we could all relate to, but we couldn't, but you can relate to watching it growing up and enjoying it. Uh, and the, even the older you get, the funnier it becomes. Number one for me is Christmas Vacation. Uh, I, I think that that's debatably the best National Lampoon's movie. Just perfect. All the characters are classic. Uh, and it's, it's just so quotable. So that's my number one. So National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, number one. Number two, Home Alone. The Santa Claus, number three. The Grinch, number four. Elf, number five. Jingle All the Way, Just on the Outside. Home Alone 2, Just on the Outside. And you might be asking yourself, well, where's where's Christmas? Where's the Christmas story? And again, that's my girlfriend's favorite Christmas movie. I know it's my mom's, if not her favorite, definitely her top fa- second favorite and for, for the same reason why my girlfriend loves it so much is why I don't like it. And and she likes it so much is because it played on her TV. AMC does the 24 hours of the Christmas story. It played on her TV every Christmas day, and it, she just kind of symbolizes it, it, it with Christmas. Me growing up, it was the same way. My mom would have it on the TV from Christmas morning till the end of Christmas. Uh, she'd watch it all day. But for me, I kind of symbolize it with the end of Christmas, the Christmas night, which as a kid is kind of depressing, to be honest. At that point, it's just family. You're done getting your presents. Uh, You know that once Christmas is over again as a kid, that school's right around the corner. You don't, as a kid, you don't care about New Year's as much. Uh, as you do Christmas, and it kind of symbolizes the end of a holiday, and you've got to wait another 365 days. So growing up, it, it kind of just it, it it I had a bad feeling about it uh, when it was on. It just kind of it, it stuck in my brain as a bad memory uh, with again with my girlfriend and several others. I'm sure it's a great memory, and, and it's kind of a depressing story in a sense. There are some funny parts going back and watching it, but it's just kind of a, a middle class family that's struggling on, on Christmas day and has their ups and downs. And so I, I'm, I, I, that does not make my top five. It's not in my honorable mentions. I'm not a huge fan of it. Uh, from the G chat, Gary says, please don't put a Christmas story on your list. Uh, the movie is terrible. He says, you got to put die hard in there. Um, stove says number one, bad Santa. I'm not a big bad Santa guy. I just don't think it's that funny. Gary says that his Christmas, his list is Christmas Vacation, Die Hard, Home Alone, Bad Santa, The Grinch. It was his list. Uh, Joe Casson says that Die Hard is the best Christmas movie of all time. So, okay, T and, Trevor says TNT is the Christmas Story Marathon, AMC's Christmas Vacation. Okay, it's, it's actually right. TBS now. It, it was TNT, but now they now it's TBS. Yeah, now they've rebranded those networks where they. TNT is supposed to be pretty much all drama, and TBS is the comedy channel, so it's TBS that does it now. Okay. I uh, appreciate everybody bringing in their, their tweets and insight here. Uh, okay. I'm going to say something, and I, and I know the reaction here, and I'm not even looking forward to it. I, I haven't seen Die Hard, so that can't be on my list if I haven't seen it. 
I think Trevor's so, head just exploded. I, I I know, and he's probably texting me literally at this very minute uh, during the show to complain about it. Uh, I, I I know I'm going to catch a lot of grief for that, but I I I don't know. I just haven't really ever had an interest in seeing it. Uh, Yates, is it that good of a movie? I mean, it's good. I don't. Some people put it on a more of a pedestal than I I probably would, but it's good. Some of the movies that didn't make my list that are considered Christmas classics, It's a Wonderful Life. Um, you know, since I've been an, an adult, which I use that term very loosely, I, I have not seen that movie in its entirety. I've seen bits and pieces over the last five years, but the last time I probably watched that movie from start to finish was when I was 12. So I probably need to go back and, and rewatch that, although I don't really, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I just I don't know. Uh, the rest are a lot of cartoons on this list that I'm looking at that AMC made. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Charlie Brown Christmas. Charlie Brown Christmas is great. Frosty the Snowman, Mil- Miracle on 34th Street. I- I'm just I'm, I'm not really into. It doesn't really do it for me. White Christmas. As you can see, I- I'm much more. I-, I would enjoy a nice comedy than a, a serious Christmas movie. I do like A Christmas Carol, which is also on this list. Uh, so, so those are some of the movies that did not make the list. Uh, Yates, uh, uh, let me ask you this, Yates. Is A Nightmare Before Christmas a Halloween or Christmas movie? You there Hello? or are you just really pondering? Can, can you hear me? Okay, I thought no, you were just this, really this pondering it over. being a pain today. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I, if I hadn't been attempting to get the mic to work, I probably would have spent that time pondering because that's that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's I don't know that I would include it in my list of Christmas movies that I enjoyed watching as as Christmas movies. So I, I don't know. I'll, I'll say a Halloween movie. I I go back and forth on this because the plot of it is is a Halloween theme that kind of stumbles upon Christmas, but then they it ends with it being kind of a, a Christmas movie. Uh, I, I think ultimately it's a Halloween movie uh, with kind of a, a Christmas cameo, in my opinion. Uh, Brun DMC says that his top five is... Home Alone's number one, Santa Claus, two, Christmas Vacation, three, Scrooged, four, and Nightmare Before Christmas is five for him. So I guess for him, that would be a Christmas movie. And honorable mentions are Bad Santa and Jingle All the Way. My mom weighs in. Always good to hear from mom on the on the text line into the show that it is a Halloween movie, and I agree with her, and the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Uh, so that was a fun little segment into top five Christmas movies of all time. I, I, I kind of would be curious to see what Yates, or what, what Trevor's is, excuse me. Whoa, I'm, I apologize, Yates. Uh, I would be Thanks. curious to see what, I, I'd be curious to see what Trevor's list is. He texted me, I, I, I can guarantee you his number one will be Christmas Vacation. He texted me up in arms that I had it as number three on my list. <laughs> yeah, I, I, but as long as you have it in the top three, I'm okay. Because again, I if you wanted to say, and every, to each their own, uh, if you wanted to say Home Alone was 
better. I, I could understand that. I, I would disagree, but I could understand it at least. Um, so I was curious to see that. All right, we need to head to a commercial break, and we're going to come back with one shorter segment. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about basketball recruiting, and maybe we'll get onto this, but need to talk a little more sports today than I have been, although a fun Christmas segment, hopefully, to get you into the spirit. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We will be right back. Back to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. We're back. One final segment, and there's some breaking news here that I saw on Twitter that are, that's literally just now breaking, and I have no idea what to make of it. Yates, maybe you'll have uh, uh, some input or maybe uh, uh, some theory at least. Uh, Louisville City FC just announced that their president – Jorn Buckholtz has resigned, and that's coming from the Courier-Journal that I saw that. Uh, resigning six months into this thing before the team ever plays a match? What, any idea, Yates, what, what that could be? Uh, I have no idea what that could be, and that's, that's disappointing because I think that guy, he, he's coming over from Sporting KC – he was their director of fan experience or something like that. And I, from what I, everything I read about him, he, he seems to have had a pretty good track record. I mean, that, that's one of the better, you know, one of the, one of the better fan bases in the MLS is sporting KC. Uh, so I, I was excited that he was going to be involved. Uh, so that, yeah, that's some disappointing news that he's resigned. That is some different disappointing news. I'm going to have to talk to some of my, some of my Louisville FC sources there and see what's going on. I, I wonder if that, you know, I, I would hope and think that it's too late to completely pull the plug on this, uh, on this soccer team in Louisville. I don't think that just because they lost their president, that that would be the end of it, but that is bizarre to, to resign again, just in July is when he was named president. And when he was named president, you're right. Yates, all he talked about was making this, a great fan experience for for soccer fans in Louisville and growing soccer's brand in Louisville. So that is uh, very strange and and not great news. For man, I, again, I don't really know what all to make of it. I'll have to talk to some people and maybe we'll talk more about this on the show tomorrow. Uh, but we'll see. And I I wonder if I can apply to be the president. I don't really know you know, what the job description is or what you do. But I think that'd probably be pretty fun. Uh, but anyways, doing the basketball recruiting mailbag on catsillustrated.com. If you have U- any UK basketball recruiting questions, you can get your questions in now on House of Blue. And I answer any and all of them as long as they're not repeats. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk a little basketball recruiting now because with UK having such a slow week, they are – the Cats are out and about recruiting. Yesterday, Slice, Barry Rorson, the UK assistant, 
headed out to Las Vegas primarily to see Steven Zimmerman, watched him practice, and also 2016 guard Derek Thornton. Derek Thornton is also a Louisville target. Um, and fans that aren't very familiar with his game, 2016 is the most loaded class when it comes to the guard position that I have ever, ever seen, especially since I've been covering recruiting the past three years and, and really four years. But even before I was covering recruiting in high school and even as a middle schooler when I was just – I focused in on basketball recruiting because it, it has always intrigued me. 2016's depth at the guard position is unlike anything that I've ever seen. Uh, I mean, there's just a plethora of five-star guards, and it's and all of them are pretty good for the most part. I, you, you can make a case for any and all of them. Derek Thornton's one that is in the mix, and again, it seems like he, if I had to guess, it will be Kentucky, Duke, Michigan, or Louisville would be the four schools that he would end up at. But I, I, I'm, I'm suggesting the listeners to go watch some of his highlight tape and, and watch some of his game. He is one of the better passers that I've ever seen. Not the not overly athletic, but can score. Can also do some other things. But I mean, he's a he's the definition of a pass first point guard, and it's just unbelievable but UK was out looking at him and I say he's unbelievable and his passing is unbelievable uh, but he's not my favorite guard in the class and if I had one pick of the class it wouldn't be him so that just goes to show how loaded that class is Uh, but again he's between Kentucky Louisville Michigan Duke in my opinion that will be his final four I think Duke might have a slight lead I know Louisville is recruiting him as a you know a Peyton Siva type of guard although Peyton Siva is more athletic and a little quicker uh, but still a good comparison in terms of being passed first. But UK went out and checked him out yesterday. Today, John Calipari will head down to North Carolina to see Brandon Ingram. I wouldn't be surprised if he stopped and checked out some other guys, potentially Dennis Smith, another guard, uh, potentially Harry Giles, was the number one player in the class of 2016. Uh, I'm sure he'll be on the move. He won't just see one guy down there. I wouldn't be completely shocked to see if maybe he goes and sees Jalen Brown in Georgia. Uh, But anyways, UK's coaches are out and about recruiting. Uh, I don't know if you're going to hear much on the recruiting front in terms of commitments anytime soon. Uh, I I, I think the people that that didn't commit in the fall are content with waiting until the spring and waiting to see what some of the other players do and who stays and who goes. Uh, one player that a lot of UK fans ask me about or is Antonio Blankney. He's likely going to wait until the wait until the spring. He recently did an interview mentioning that he uh, wants to see what players come back at, at certain places. I don't think he would probably be too worried about who's coming back at Missouri or who's coming back at LSU. So obviously talking about Kentucky. He's between Kentucky, LSU, Missouri, and he's letting uh, both UNC and NC State in the recruitment. People often ask me about basketball recruiting with North Carolina, how that is the scandal at North Carolina, how it's impacting them. And while they're not necessarily losing recruits, while you're not seeing 
so-and-so say I'm not going to North Carolina because of that, although Steven Zimmerman kind of did that. He didn't say that that was the main reason, but he did cut North Carolina. Uh, he wasn't going to go to North Carolina anyways, but once this news broke and he had to take his visits, this and that, North Carolina kind of was on the short end of that. Not not very surprising, but they, they only have one commit for 2015, and it's a, it's a three-star. So recruits aren't and so my point is they're not necessarily cutting North Carolina because of this, with the exception of Steven Zimmerman, but they're not, there's, they're, they're waiting to see what happens and this could really hurt them. I mean, they might have a, a relatively all things considered, not just for North Carolina standards, but for college basketball standards, they might have a pretty bad 2015 class. And that's, Welcome news for Kentucky fans because it, since John Calipari took over Kentucky, it seemed to be first North Carolina that they were battling for recruits for, and then lately it was Kansas, and then moving forward, it kind of seems like Duke and Kentucky are going to go head-to-head with a lot of guys. But again, be patient with basketball recruiting news if you're a UK fan because they're going to... They're going to probably wait till the spring. They're going to wait to see how the season plays out. For Louisville and their recruiting news, again, their 2015 class is, I wouldn't necessarily say locked up. I think they're going to add somebody else. Uh, but I, I think you could see a Juco after the season. You could see a transfer after the season. Rick Pitino likes to do those things. Uh, he likes to get maybe some instant help. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but that's a uh, basketball recruiting. I'm going to have the, the answers to the basketball recruiting Q&A much more in depth. That should be on Cats Illustrated tomorrow or Thursday. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, as for me, I'll be back on the radio tomorrow. And I hope you're listening. Three o'clock as always. Thanks for everybody tweeting in your top five Christmas movies. And enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. We'll see you at three o'clock tomorrow, 1450 The Sports Buzz. To my old Kentucky home, my old Kentucky home. Oh, they say welcome to the 502. Take the Jordan boy, show him how Kentucky do. Oprah Priest Classics, paint Kentucky blue. They say don't forget to seven, no be hitting two. Song call it blue, grass, song call it purple. I'ma call it home, take a shot of Tron. Lay back in the lap and take two to the 